Welcome to the Sports Study Podcast, episode 15. At least I think it is. Sometimes I lose track like I'm Joe Biden. I don't know where I'm at half of the time. But uh, anyway, so the uh, Boston Celtics epic collapse in the NBA Finals. They lose in six. I thought we would be doing the podcast right before game seven. I was trying to hold off, but apparently the Celtics couldn't hold off the Warriors. And everybody's talking about how great Curry was. Great Curry, Curry. Like it's been about Curry. And I've seen a lot of people make excuses for the Celtics. But we have to call this series what it is. The Boston Celtics collapsed. One of the biggest choke, choke jobs in a championship series. Has to be. And I don't care what anybody says. The Celtics was the better team top to bottom. I don't care what the experts say. I don't care what the NBA analysts say. I don't care what the people on FS1 say. FSR say. The four-letter network up in Bristol. I don't care what they say. I don't care what Stephen A. Smith says. Or any of these other NBA people. Celtics was better. They should have won this series. They were up two games to one. They almost they should have been up three to one. They collapsed in game four. And after game four, it went downhill from there. And that's what happened. I don't care. I see a lot of the Boston fan base and a lot of the uh, Celtics fans saying, oh, it's a great year. Congratulations. These participa- participation trophy tweets and all this stuff about they shouldn't have been here anyway. They shouldn't have been in the playoffs. They, no one thought they would make the playoffs. Look, the first half of the season, the first 40 games, yes, the Celtics was about a 500 team, below 500. Didn't look like they was going to do much. But the NBA is an 82-game schedule. They played well. They played great in the second half of the season. They was one of the hottest teams. They was the hottest team in the NBA. They were the best team in the East going in the second half, the next 40-plus games. Then they got to the playoffs, beat Brooklyn, beat Milwaukee, the defending champs, right? Beat Miami, a really good Miami Heat team. And then they get to the finals. We, we, we cannot excuse the collapse because of what happened in the first 40 games of the year. The Celtics had enough on the table. We've seen the Celtics play the next 40 plus the playoffs to know that the Celtics were good enough to be here. They were the best defensive team in the league. They had the defensive player of the year. Tatum's all NBA. Brown is legit. Start stud. And the finals is where it went bad. Game four, five, and six. Turnovers, out-rebounded, stuff like that. And one of the main issues for the Celtics, turnovers was the biggest issue, I believe. Because, and, and chucking up threes. Even when it was hitting threes, they came down launching threes and then they get cold. So they'll hit a bunch of threes. And then all of a sudden they miss like four or five, six in a row. And it's like, well, you cannot miss that many threes in a row against Golden State because 
Well, they will come down and hit a three. You miss another one, they come back and hit one. You miss another one, they come back and hit one. Now they're up six, seven. And that's how they can get back in the game in a quickie. Celtics need to get inside. They should have went into the paint more. They had success early in the series by going to the hole. Then they just stopped. Now, here's the thing that I don't know. I noticed early in the series that Jason Tatum kind of had a, a situation with his shoulder. No one really mentioned it much. And I'm wondering if that affected him in a way where he decided he was going to rely more on the outside shot and not go drive to the hole where he can take more physical, uh, more physical hits. Because every time they went to the hole, they were getting hit. Right? They would get, sometimes they wouldn't get no calls. They were taking hits in that paint. So they, the series got a little physical for the Celtics. Um, and they weren't getting the calls as much as they thought they was. That's why they was complaining a lot to the referees, which is not a good thing in the finals. You don't complain to the refs. They're not going to help you out. And because both sides were, they both sides were, uh, taking physical punishment. I mean, I seen Curry at times where you could questionably get a three-point play for a three, uh, three-point shot call fouls. Sometimes he didn't get those calls uh, at times. So it was going both ways. With the they let them get a little physical at times. But I think the Celtics complained too much. And Celtics got out physical, which is I thought they would be the more physical team. But I really believe that Tatum, shoulder, I don't know which side it was, but it was some point in early, I think it was in game either three or maybe four. I think it was three or two or three maybe, or game three at some point. It was one of the games where they won. But uh, I think it was game three, if I'm not mistaken. So it wasn't two. I think it was three where the shoulder... He was holding it for a while, then he kind of like brushed it off. And also, uh, Williams, Robert Williams was hurt. He played hurt. I'm not making excuses for why they lost. I think um, these are just things to point out. But they did completely collapse for whatever reason. Turnovers were a big deal. Uh, I think turnovers again out rebounded. Was a big deal, and they gave Warriors life. Once the Warriors got confident and they got life, they took the series. It was like, you know what, we're gonna win this. We got these guys. They're defeated. They were defeated at the game four. I think they were like, they didn't think they could beat the Warriors. They were done. They were mentally checked out, and the Warriors smelt the fear. It was like these guys cannot beat us. When they had them, you got to go up 3-1 in that situation. And this is a team that understands that. It was like, you had a chance to knock us out. And then only instead, you just throw jabs to try to survive the round. You cannot try to survive the round against the Warriors. You got to knock them the fuck out. And in game three, I mean, game four was the knockout round for the Celtics for Golden State. They needed to knock them out, and they didn't. Instead, they tried to, uh, you know, 
They tried to win with finesse jabs and then end up losing the game because the scorecard comes in in favor of the Warriors. And it's like, oh, now we got a 2-2 series going into game five. And you're out. What the hell is that? So the Celtics didn't have a knockout blow. They were good. They had the most talent. And they kept the Warriors in it. You keep a good fighter in a fight long enough, they will come back and bite you in the ass. And hopefully the Celtics learn from that, and next season they'll be better. But Jason Tatum needs to hit the weight room. He has to put on at least another 10 pounds, maybe 15 of some kind of muscle. Because this guy has skills that he can just get to the hole at will. No one can guard this guy. I don't think nobody in the NBA is going to be able to stop him. If he can put 10 to 15 more pounds of muscle on his upper mass, like his shoulders area, he can get to the hole at will and he can take contact. And he got, he'll probably add another five to six, seven points just off of getting to the free throw line or just finishing to his average. I believe that. So you don't give up on that. I mean, we can criticize Tatum for the way he played in the finals, but I don't think it's a situation where you're like, oh, should they get rid of him? No. You criticize him. You, uh, you, you talk about it. You have to mention that the Celtics collapse. Don't be afraid to say this. I don't know. People are just scared to say it. Cause they're like, if you say that, that means you're, you're like being against the Celtics. No, you're just telling the truth. I said this earlier in the previous podcast. I said, look, if the Celtics lose this series, they're going to go back to game four as the game that pretty much did them in. And I was right for the most part. They just didn't recover after that game four loss. And it's a bit disappointing. Celtics, Tatum needs to get get more muscle. He needs to get Put on some more weight, muscle. They need to get a pure point guard. That's another thing they're missing because in tight games, close games, and playoff championship basketball, you need a pure point guard that can run the offense and keep from turning the ball over. Look, Marcus Smart is great, defensive guy, but he needs. Celtics need another guard. They need another point guard, someone who can run the offense like a Rondo type point guard. Someone that's going to get everybody in position. And it also will help out Tatum because then Tatum doesn't have to work so hard to create a shot because he can be put in a position to where he can get the ball and operate. Same thing with Brown. So is that person already on the roster? We don't know. Right, because they were using White as kind of like a point forward type, and then they had Pritchard coming off the bench. So will one of those guys develop into that guy full time? We'll see. Or maybe it's a guy out there on the free agent market that they can go and get. We don't know. We'll find out. And uh, and I also like to see the Celtics get another big. Because between Horford and Williams, that wasn't enough. Apparently, not in this series. We thought it would be. 
But I, I figured that uh, Williams was probably banged up, obviously. I think a healthy Williams would have solved a lot of the issues in the paint, especially with the rebounds. And he, he played, for a guy that's banged up, this guy, he gave it, he, put, he left it all on the court. And Horford too, they both did. But maybe adding another rotation big to go along with those guys probably helps a bit. Um, especially because here's another good part about Tatum putting on another 10 to 15 pounds because then you can slide Tatum in different matchups at the four if you want to go smaller with Williams at the five or Horford at five you can use Tatum as that you know you could slide him in a smaller lineup at the four if you do that and he's skinny and frail and he's hanging out on the three-point line. That doesn't help inside. So I think Tatum, I really believe Tatum adding a 10 pounds of muscle, five to 10 pounds of muscle, get stronger upper body, would uh, definitely immediately improve Celtics next season, as well as getting a pure point guard, or at least developing somebody maybe already on the team that can become a pure uh, point guard. Cause smart, like I said, smart is good, but smart's not a pure point guard. And I would probably, and I know this sounds very crazy to suggest because you're like, Oh, how are you going to bench this guy? I would, I would, this probably wouldn't go well, but I would consider smart coming off the bench. Still give him minutes, kind of move him into like a minor Ginobili type situation where you know, six man coming off the bench, but still give him like starters minutes and have a pure point guard run the point. If you get that veteran point guard that can run the offense and have Marcus Smart come off the bench, but still like be the first guy off the bench and still play him, obviously starters minutes in many cases, scenarios, especially in the playoffs. But uh, that would be something I would suggest. But I'm not the coach, obviously. Who who am I? I don't know shit. I'm just talking. But and you probably wonder how the hell who the hell is gonna bench the defensive player of the year? Well, I mean, San Antonio made it work with Ginobili, who probably could have started for like any other team in the league at the two guard for many teams, except for probably one or two. But he played off off the bench to San Antonio and was on the floor in key minutes because I think. Starting or coming off the bench, doesn't really matter if you're ending the game, right? Uh, a lot of times, these guys, you know, Ginobili was on the floor in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he was he was coming off the bench, but he, in fourth quarter crunch time, Ginobili's on the floor. And I think you, if you Popovich, experienced coach, he was able to pull that off. I don't know if this coach for Boston can do it. He's still new. And I don't know if Marcus Smart would have that kind of attitude that would be like, ah, it's his ego uh, in, in, a, in a place where he's like, yeah, you know, I'll do it. I don't know. Because guys don't want to come off the bench. Especially when, you, when, you, when you're valuable, you, you know, you got defense player of the year in his belt. This guy wants to get paid, right? He's probably thinking, I'm due for a huge contract. I, I'm not coming off the bench. So that's, so it depends on like, what kind of people you have and, and, and where they're at. Um, so we'll see. 
We'll definitely see about that, of course. But uh, Celtics collapsed, people. We got to say it. We got to own it. Sorry, Boston fans, Celtics fans. You got to just, just admit it and move on. It's not, it doesn't mean that you're hating or you're talking the crap against your team. You're just being honest. And uh, just got to be realistic sometimes. You can enjoy it. You can say that Celtics had a good year and still say that they collapsed in the finals. Right? That's just what it is. So we'll see what the Celtics do, what the Celtics do in the offseason to improve the roster. And they should be the favorites to come out the East next year. Uh, I mean, I know Milwaukee's going to have Middleton back. And that's going to be a big help for Milwaukee. And we'll see what other teams do. But Celtics are definitely, if not the favorites, they're right there. One, two, or three, depending on Brooklyn um, and what they do. But I still think Celtics will be the best team because you have to look at potential upgrades. I would think that Brown and Tatum will get better, will advance to to get better. And, and other guys on the team that have gotten more experience, they will get better too. So looking at it from a potential standpoint, Celtics seem to be prime for to be at least a top three, top two team in the East next year. At least on paper. Like I said, we don't know what's going to happen. We got drafts, free agency, trades. Anything can happen this summer, crazy trades, we don't know. But I really believe the Celtics should try to get a pure point guard, a veteran one, or either maybe via, via trade. And add another solid big, a consistent big that can, you know, because Horford's getting up days a little longer than the tooth. We don't know how much longer he can be effective. And Williams, younger player, you know, we don't know if he's going to have an injury problem. And they can use another big that you can trust to be on the floor during a championship series. And we'll see what happens. So, now as we talk, we move on to the uh, Stephen Curry. Warriors win the title. Curry's got number four. So, the everybody's got the list now, right? The top ten list is moving. Every year, it seems like every week there's a new top ten. Somebody's got a different list, depending on what happens. Curry's now in everybody's top ten, apparently. Curry's the flavor of the month. Right? Is Curry a top ten player all time? Is he? I don't have Curry in my top ten. Now, like I said, I'm nobody. Who, what the hell? Who, who am I, right? I think these lists are like opinions for the most part. Everybody list is an opinion, okay? Let's just get that out the way. We, I don't care. Former players are going to have guys they like more than others. Yes, they played the game. They played in the NBA. But I've heard guys who used to play have crazy basketball opinions on the NBA. And they played in the league. 
So just because they played in the NBA does not mean that they're right. They have an opinion just like the rest of us. They have two eyeballs just like the rest of us. And they have favorites. Okay? They have guys they like more than others based off of who they like. And then you put on top of the fact that they work for certain networks. So they obviously they're going to have an agenda lean a certain way. Like, I'll give you an example. Reggie Miller went on Dan Patrick's show uh, like last week talking to Dan Patrick on national radio in front of a large audience talked about how they were talking about Pippen um, no they are talking about Michael and defense and stuff like that and there's he was talking about how because they was trying to compare the Bulls versus Warriors who would be better and he was kind of sound like he was trying to elevate Pippen as oh Pippen would be the better defender and going when I was playing and then this video of Reggie Miller getting shut down because he said that Michael would not be able to guard Curry because Curry moves around runs through picks and screens and Michael wouldn't be able to do that he said that would be more likely something Scottie Pippen would do and he was talking about his own experience playing against Michael now there is a video on YouTube of Michael Jordan locking down Reggie Miller running through screens chasing Miller down in the fourth quarter locking him down and in that same video he's basically uh, Reggie Miller was having his way with Pippen Harper at different points of time in the game Pippen couldn't stay with him Harper couldn't but Michael was. Michael was right on his tail, fighting through the screens. And he said Michael wouldn't be able to do that. And this is Michael at 30, what was this, 97, 88? So he's already in his 30s. So if Michael was doing that, chasing Reggie and staying with him in his 30s, he probably could do that with Curry if Michael's in 96. If we're comparing 96 Bulls versus the Warriors or any Bull team at that point. It just sounded like Reggie was trying to downplay Michael's defensive abilities, even though there's video of Michael showing his versatility on defense. He wasn't just like at the top of the key, staying with a guy or weak side shot blocking. He was able to chase Reggie Miller. Unlike what we've seen in the finals against uh, with Detroit, in the Lakers with Kobe Bryant couldn't stay with Rip Hamilton, which was one of the main factors why the Pistons were able to beat the Lakers because they had no answer for, uh, on defensively, Kobe just really couldn't stay, stay with uh, Rip Hamilton as far as like running around, tiring himself out offensively to the point where, you know, the Lakers, just didn't have enough offense to beat down on the Pistons. So I think Michael would have did a pretty good job on Curry if he had to guard Curry. But I, I, I believe that the Bulls would have definitely mixed it up. You'd have seen Harper. They would have used a lot of the longer defenders, right? Would it be Harper, Pippen, 
Jordan. Might even seen Rodman at sometimes. Because all those guys are versatile. That's why the Bulls team was they would have destroyed the Warriors. Because of the versatility on the defensive end. They had too many different guys they could throw at those offensive guys. And they had guys who could fight through picks and screens. You don't see really many defenders today fighting through those picks. Like you watch guys today, they get a pick thrown at them, they kind of give up. Right? It's like, oh, okay, he got it. And then Curry nails the three. Right? Guys are not really fighting through screens anymore. But and, and the versatility on on the defensive end. So I but I when my point was that Reggie Miller making that comment, and this is a guy who played in the NBA, a former NBA Hall of Famer, made a false comment about Michael Jordan on defense when there's video of Michael Jordan doing that to Reggie Miller. So my point was that even these guys who have NBA experience and they seem to try to make comments to go with the grain of today. So it's very popular right now to big up Stephen Curry. So he was trying to give Curry his, oh yeah, Curry would do this and do that because that's the narrative for today. Right? All these guys that are on TV now, he, he works at Turner, TNT. So they have a narrative to push certain players based off of their biased opinions, which is no different than an average Joe sitting at home on the couch. He's going to favor his guy over the other guys. So don't get scared or don't take what an athlete says, a former athlete says with like, oh my God, that's the law of the land because he said it. No, it's not the law of the land. They could be wrong just like anyone else. So, so this is where my opinion comes in. Whether I'm right or wrong, it doesn't matter because all-time list is an opinion. Uh, yeah, the NBA has their list of guys and we try to piggyback off that and we we try to deem that, oh, this is facts based off of, you know, whoever put the, these lists together would be the NBA 75. I think the proof that the NBA 75 list should tell you everything you need to know about how the bias and the, it's just an opinion. Like, I don't take the NBA 75 list seriously either. I think the list stopped being serious after 50. I think you had the all-time 50 list. After that, it kind of new generation, new people making determinations. And you got active players in the 75 list. Come on. How many active guys should really be on that 75 list? Think about that. You're talking about hundreds and hundreds of players have played in the NBA. Thousands. And you got all these active guys on the 75 list. No fucking way. Okay? This is the weakest error in NBA history. The softest error in NBA history. There's no way that many guys should be on the 75 list. Okay? Just not buying it. You cannot tell me that... And every day people talk, Oh, this is the best uh, talent. This is the greatest... 
These guys are the best. They're the best. Then how come every year we turn around, these guys want to play 60 games? They want to play less games. They want to still make the money they make. They want to play less. Guys are playing less. They're low managing. Those guys in the 90s, 80s are playing 40 plus minutes a night. And many of those same guys in the 90s were playing 40 minutes up all the way up into their last years. At 35, 36, 37, 38. But you got a bunch of 20, mid 20, early 30 year olds crying about the schedule now. Oh, we, we, 82 is too much. What? That's John Stockton and Carl Malone about it's 82 games too much. You kidding me? You'd be lucky to get your best players. Joel Embiid was the second best player. I think he was like number two in MVP voting. He played like 68 games. 68 games. And he was the second best player in the MVP voting, right? Like he was roughly most all year top two, top three player. He couldn't even play 70 games. I don't want to hear about this era being the best, but then it continuously changing the rules and considering lowering the games and low management error. Come on now. You can't be the best era if you're not on the court. And, and, and it's so funny. Oh, these guys will wipe out. No. For, as far as I'm concerned, none of these guys playing today should ever be considered in the top 10 list overlapping any of the all-time grades. Those guys, Bird, Bad Back, played through. I mean, these guys were playing 37, 38, 40 minutes a night, 80 games a year, tough as nails in a tough defensive era, physical play. You're not replacing that. I'm not in no circumstance going to put any guy after 2015, anybody that came in the league that had a prime after like 2014 or 2012 is not getting in that top 10 list. They're not. Nobody. The last guys that should be considered for top 10 lists was the last era of guys like uh, Kobe, Duncan, and those kind of guys. But when those guys retired, and then obviously LeBron could be considered on that list because he's still playing and he was really good and he had a prime right before that cutoff point. But everyone else after that, like all these new guys, like these Giannis and Curry and all these guys, these guys are not top 10 all-time. I don't care if Curry wins 12 NBA titles. The rules are different. The game is much more easier for these guys to play. And they want more rest. And they want more time off. Okay? Don't tell me this is the best era. These guys are the best. They would, they would destroy the old guys. But then they want all this rest. You got more money, more access to nutrition, more access to, to health and benefits recovery time, all kind of medicines, but they still need time off. They still can't play an 82-game schedule. 
And then you got these people on radio and on TV really advocating on behalf. Oh yeah, these guys need more time and and they deserve it. And 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 if you want a more a better product, it's easy to have them play sixty something games. And come on, that sounds like a soft, soft attitude. That's soft. Come on now. Now you can't be fucking freaking serious right now that is soft like these guys are being pampered pampered okay i'm just not buying it i can't i'm not buying the fact that this error is the best error it just doesn't add up it's not adding up i'm sorry it's not adding up man now, you can't convince me otherwise. There's no way you can convince me of that. There's no way you can convince me that this era is the best era with all those factors. A guy is more athletic, stronger, faster in some cases. Yes, in some cases. But those guys, there were some strong guys in the 80s and 90s too. There were some fast guys. It's not like the it, how much more stronger and faster are they really today? I mean, does it do they appear faster and stronger because the rules are different? Do they jump higher? Many of them, yes. There's a lot more guys that are more higher jumpers and more athletic, but are they really better basketball players? That's the question. That's the question. Are the, are the basketball IQs higher? I really would like to know that. Uh, skills? Are they more skilled as far as I like, can do more things? Possibly, but we know that because the rules are much more linear to where an offensive player can show more skills. Right? Like back then, you know, guys were more restricted, like, you know, what they could do and not do. And the coach basically, you know, all that fancy stuff wasn't allowed. And it was, it was a different game. They were more stuck on the fundamentals than the actual skills. But we, because we know, because some of those guys would go and play in the streets and like in the summer tournaments and we've seen their skills. So we know those guys had had skills they would go play in tournaments and, and, and crush those guys I mean even NBA players today that go to these tournaments they're uh, they're not like overly dominating the competition I mean some of these guys get the business handed to them by regular Joes not regular Joes but like guys who play basketball for a living but they're just not NBA players they may be like semi-pro guys or stuff like that and they get they'll they'll be in the gym giving those guys the business and like the drew leagues and stuff like that you'll hear about you'll see it sometimes you catch a couple of video clips of guys getting you know taken off the dribble or getting dunked on and stuff like that but uh so these guys you know and they get challenged a lot more there was a video with John Wall being challenged by a high school kid and 
Wasn't another video like Jordan Crawford dunking on LeBron or at his camp or something like that? I don't remember, but but what I'm saying is that these guys are not God. And they try to and the fans and the media try to pretend these players are like God while trashing the previous era, but then you guys want all the pampers and bricks that the previous previous era did not have. But you claim to be better. I just don't buy it. It's just not adding up. It doesn't add up. And if you sit back and think about it, you'll see I'm telling what I'm saying and you'll understand it. So Curry's not top 10 all time on my list. If you really sit back and think about it, I don't really look the, the titles are great. The four championships, but championships are a team accomplishment and Curry didn't make the playoffs. Right. He didn't make the playoffs last year. I think they lost in a playing game or whatever. He didn't make a championship series last year. So, and he was averaging 32 points a game last season. It's a team, oh, it's a team uh, accomplishment, right? So I don't care him having four. What does that mean? Clay got four too. Is that means Clay's the best two guard ever? Is Draymond the best forward ever? He has four too. So I, I, I don't, I don't think that having four would just move him up the list automatically. It doesn't work that way in my book. Are you going to move Draymond up the list? Are you moving Clay up the list in the two guards? So now is is Clay Thompson now the uh, second best two guard or third top five two guard in NBA history? Right? Like just let's just say that for example, say if Clay had a great series and Curry was just okay, like let's reverse the roles. Would you then say, oh well, since Clay got four? Now, mind you, Clay's got four. Does that mean he's now top five two guard ever? You know what I'm saying? So that's how ridiculous that sounds like when people do these lists after uh, NBA Finals. Or say if Draymond Green would have had a great series. Now, mind you, Draymond's already been defensive and all this stuff. And if he would have added, say, if Draymond would have dominated this series, average like a triple double. Grabbed all the rebounds, locked down the best offensive player, and he would have had a great series and won Finals MVP. We would be saying, "Oh, well, Draymond's got four, so now he would be the best power forward ever, right?" Would they, would they be trying to put him in the same category as Duncan? Like, no, we wouldn't. So, I don't think we should be doing the same with Curry. We shouldn't. And all this, oh, well, Curry won without Durant. Let me be clear on something here. The Warriors, and I, and I, I was going to do an episode breaking this down about why that 73-win Warrior team is the most overrated. I'm not going to say the most overrated, but it was a very overrated team. Okay? Very overrated compared to all the hype they're getting. And they lost the championship, obviously. And then they come back and they play against an injured riddle Cavs team, which I believe, honestly, the Cavs probably should have won that series, would have won that series. 
under any other circumstance. I think the Golden State run in a weak era is not as impressive as we like to make it out to be. As far as like title runs. But uh Durant and coming into Golden State winning those two titles saved Curry's legacy. I don't put that a negative on Durant. That's a negative. That, that, that People try to crush Durant like, oh, Durant, because Curry won without Durant. Now Durant's titles are illegitimate. No. Warriors don't win those titles without Durant. Period. They don't win those championships without Kevin Durant. They don't. Durant was the best player in basketball. The Warriors brought in the best player in basketball. There's a reason why when the Warriors lost, Draymond got on the phone and begged for Durant to come. There's a reason why that happened. You don't do that. That would be like Scottie Pippen or like the Bulls. Say the Bulls lose in 96 and Pippen gets on the phone and begs I don't know who who's uh, ninety six, Barkley or somebody like that. No, Carl Malone. Let's say Carl Malone was a free agent and uh, Carl Malone was pretty damn good at the time. I think he was MVP one of those years, like ninety seven. So say, uh, Pippen is on the phone. Hey, Carl, man, you gotta come. We need you here in Chicago. Like, we we just need another guy come over here. That's like Pippen getting on the phone begging Carl Malone to show up to Chicago after the Bulls go 72-10 and 10 and lose in the finals to Seattle. And Pippen's on the phone like, man, come on, please come to Chicago. We need you. With Michael Jordan on the other side, like, are you kidding me? Jordan's the best in the league. Wasn't Curry, like, right there one of the best players in the league, 73-9, and nine, and you're begging for Kevin Durant? Come on. Come on now. That doesn't make any sense. So then after you begging for Durant to come, now you're going to try to tell me that, oh, Curry won without Durant and Durant's illegitimate. No, Durant was a stud. Is a stud. It was a sniper. He was the best player on that Warriors team. That's why they won those two titles and he got two-time MVP. He was legit and they knew it. That's why when he got there, they deferred. That's why, same thing with Miami. When Miami... When LeBron got to Miami, Dwayne Wade, finals MVP, Wade County, he knew when LeBron got there, LeBron was the better player. He had to defer. Okay, you're the man. If Wade thought he was the man and was the top dog, LeBron ain't coming to Miami because Wade would shut that shit down. Nah, we don't need you, bro. We good. We good. I'm top dog here. Yeah, we friends, we cool, but if Wade really thought he was better than LeBron, LeBron doesn't show up to Miami. Wade would have figured out another way, he would have got another guy. And if Draymond really thought Curry was the best player that great, he wouldn't be calling for Durant. He wouldn't have called for Durant. So let's just let's just forget let's we can't while we forgetting history here while trying to recreate history. To make it like, oh, Curry's top 10 because of the four titles. Yeah, two of those titles, Durant was top dog. 
Same thing with the whole Kobe thing. Like, Kobe's got five. But those first three, let's be honest. Do Kobe win those first three without Shaquille O'Neal? As dominant as Shaq was, Kobe doesn't get those titles. So if Kobe only has two, are we still saying Kobe's top ten all time? But we're putting him in there because of the five rings? I just find it odd because... And then when we talk about Michael Jordan, people always say, oh, Michael couldn't win without Pippen. Well, when Michael won six titles, Michael was the clear-cut best player on the Bulls on all six rings. There was no question how great Michael was. He was the reason, clear reason, that he won. Is Kobe the clear reason why Lakers got all five titles? No. Is Curry, the clear reason why those Warriors won four titles? No. So why the heck would I be putting Curry in the top 10 all time? Why? I don't. You cannot be in the top 10 all time if you're not the clear cut reason. If you're going to bring in championships as your argument to why Curry now gets into the top 10 he needs to be the clear reason that all four of those titles were won. He's not. Kevin Durant, two of those titles, Kevin Durant is the sole reason. You lost a championship series as a 73-9 and nine team. You cannot tell me that that doesn't put a damper on your, on your uh, argument to try to claim that you should be top 10 all time. Top 10 all time guys don't blow championship series as a 73 and 9 team to the point where we were saying, oh, well, Draymond got suspended. So that means your third best player got suspended or, or, or got thrown out of a game or whatever that affected the series to the point where you lost. That was an excuse that they made. Oh, Draymond not suspended, Warriors win. Well, then you ain't top 10 all-time material then if that's your argument if, if you're making that case that your third best player needed getting taken out affected you to the point where you couldn't close the door close the deal you ain't top 10 all-time no way you can't be top 10 all-time not on this list no way no how i mean I'm sorry. It can't happen. And, and, and the only reason why LeBron, I would even consider putting LeBron on my top 10 list is because I believe LeBron redeemed himself when he won the title back in Cleveland. He, he brought it back home. and and uh, But even with that, I'm not really even convinced that he's the best three ever. I still take Bird over LeBron. I'm not even being biased. I just believe Bird's over LeBron. I think when you look at pound from pound, prime from prime, the full detail, not just the flashy parts of LeBron and his, uh, his, you know, all the stuff he does. And I think that, I take I knock off points because I, I believe that this era is kind of weak. 
is a weak era when he, even when he made his first finals appearance in 07 I believe I mean the Easter Conference was a doghouse it was a it was a shit storm you know he was fortunate to take that team to the finals I think it was more about how bad the East was than it was how good he was now I'm not taking away what he did I mean he was excellent he was unbelievable in that Easter Conference finals against Detroit but you know matchups he was able to take advantage and the uh, older team and they were at the end of their run we're talking about the almost at the end of the 2000s and the Pistons team was was worn out at that point not making excuses I mean he earned that um, he, he earned that that conference finals win he did what I'm saying is that Eastern Conference was 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 a crap piece of garbage for most of the 2000s uh so but curry's not top 10 all time that's my point here and you could agree disagree now you may have him top 10 you may have him top five i don't know but to me he's not top 10 all time and that's not me saying he's not good that's another thing too that we have to stop with the because we tell we say a guy's not top 10 that means we're calling him trash or no thousands of players have played in the nba hundreds of great players have played in the league you can come up with a list of 100 great players right so saying a guy's not top 10 is really not calling him bad he's great curry is an all-time great but is the all-time top 10 to me, he's not. So let's listen to a we uh, the undisputed guys talked about this, and they went over uh, their list of top ten. Well, not I don't think I think Skip did, not Shannon. So we're gonna uh, let's listen to this, and I'll react to this. This was Skip Bayless's top ten list. Now remember, Skip Bell, this is his opinion. Don't take everything what these guys say as fact. Don't take what I say as fact. These are just opinions we're giving. Everybody's got their own opinion. Right, wrong, who cares? It's just a basketball talk. So I'm going to react to Bell. This is top 10 after we hear it. So here it goes right here. Uh, we have just vaulted a player into the top 10 who, to my eye, into the top 10 we have just vaulted a player into the top 10 who to my eye has no clutch gene he is all time he's three quarters staff man he's about three quarters of a top 10 player i'll give you that and he has revolutionized the game in the regular season in the playoff season look at all the threes everybody shoots that's all anybody do and and as much as he can steal the basketball he can be a liability on defense do we have anybody else in the top 10 who's a liability on defense i don't think so I'm looking, I'm seeing a lot of all defensive first teams here, yes, right? Yeah, yes. Okay. How can we do that? How can we put him? Who would you take out? Get t take somebody out. I, I, I didn't I didn't write down uh, um my top ten, but I'll get back to you on that. Okay. I'll, I'll write it down. Okay. But so he coming I, in there. I, I'm going Jordan Magic, Shaq Kareem, Tim Duncan, Bill Russell, Kobe. Um, let's see. Who's my oh Larry Bird uh, then your man LeBron and Wilt? Do well, you if that's put the case, him in over Wilt? Well, well you got to take LeBron out. 
I mean, he's already down there at nine, so you got to oh. take him out. Oh, it so should be easy. Wait, did Shannon? Lush Shannon? No, no you. That's say? your list. That's your list. Oh. The mere fact that you got LeBron down there at nine, nobody, everybody has LeBron at least as a top four player except care. you. I don't care what everybody. But you know what it is. Uh, you I know what it is. Four MVPs. I think four finals just MVPs. That maybe Steph has replaced LeBron. Stop it. Well, LeBron I, is a Mount Rushmore player. Oh, okay. I said top ten. I didn't say Mount Rushmore. Hmm. You're gonna take Wilt off? Who are you gonna take off? Larry Bird, your favorite player growing up? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so so Skip's top ten. You know, he's he's got Jordan, Magic, Shaq, Kareem, Duncan, Bill Russell, Kobe, Bird, LeBron, Wilt. That's that wouldn't be my ten. I mean, many people would have different top tens. And he, I like what he said about the Curry, why he shouldn't, you know, Curry doesn't, uh, he's not really great defensively. He's never been great defensively. And to me, I think if you're going to be top 10 all time, first of all, I, I, I already went back to my original point. I don't care. In this era, I, nobody in this era to me will be top 10 all time just because of the way the game is different. The rules that are, are geared more for offensive players to dominate. It's just like a more happier, easier time for these guys. Plus they complain a lot and they want more rest and they low manage. So you're not, you're not making top 10 in my book just because you hit a bunch of threes and score a bunch of points. Yeah. Guys are going to score more points today because of the three point shot. So I don't get excited even when LeBron's passing up Jordan and all these guys in points. To me, I don't get excited for that because oh well he's shooting a lot of threes too with the error. And the game is different. It's just a different game. So But he made a good point about the Curry thing, like defensively. Curry's a zero defensively. He's a zero. And, and when these guys get all these steals, these guards today, they're not getting it because of great defense. They're getting it because of sloppy offense. Right? These point guards today are offensive driven. They're more about flashiness and trying to get the wow the crowd and and do that kind of stuff. That's why they turn the ball over more. They're not really, these guys are not really learning how to be point guards. They're more like scoring guards, combo guards that can score and, and shoot. They're not really learning how to play the point guard position. That's why they turn the ball over so much, a lot of them. So a lot of steals, bad passes, forced passes, fancy passes, and guys are picking off the passes in the passing lane. So that's what Curry gets a bunch of his steals from. But Curry's not a good defender by no stretch. He can't guard anybody. Um, and for me, I would think that uh, uh, to be on the top 10 all-time list, you would need to be, you need to have some kind of, there's too many great two-way players or really, really good two-way players that were two-way players that would be on the top 10 before Curry or just any guy in this era. Even Bird had all defensive seasons, and Bird wasn't. Bird was a really good team defender, but one on one, no, he wasn't a one on one defender. 
Um, but he was a very underrated team defender when he talked about all time looking at guys because many people don't look at Bird as a defender, right? They try to criticize, oh, Bird's not. And that's one of his underrated qualities why I put, and that's another reason why I think what completes Bird into over LeBron when it comes to all time. I, I don't think LeBron can pass his Bird. I know a lot of, like, I think more LeBron's getting pushed to pass Bird because people want to make LeBron the GOAT. So in order for them to make LeBron the GOAT, they had to elevate him past Bird. But he's not past Bird. Realistically, he cannot be past Bird. When we're talking about on the court, realistically, looking at it from a pure standpoint of competitiveness, winning, uh, skill set, he's not past Bird. Overall, I mean, top to bottom, yeah, there's some things that LeBron could do better, right, than Bird. Then there's many things that Bird does better. And they're about even in some other categories. But when you go top from bottom, Bird's the better guy. Bird's a better rebounder, better shooter, uh, better scorer, because Bird can score in many different parts of the court. Uh, I would say Bird's a better passer in many cases. Uh, I know LeBron is a passer. He, he he could pass, but is LeBron really great passer or is he uh, being able to take advantage of the more spacing in this era that allows better vision, like far as he can make those passes that he probably wouldn't be able to make in the 80s or 90s. Uh, but Larry Bird's vision and his passing in uh, crowded situations and his Heads up. Now, both of these guys have a good basketball IQ. I think LeBron's right there. You could probably say even. I would give Bird a nine on that too, but it's not that much more. Um, but I think Bird Bird gets the edge on LeBron. It's not by a, a huge margin. I'm not sitting here trying to pretend that or Bird is like a big margin. LeBron definitely closed the gap in my eyes between Bird and LeBron, but Bird still has the edge. He just does. Um, you know, we talk about toughness and all this other stuff. Yeah, all that together, Bird has the, uh, has the edge. Um, so, Bill Russell, he has some... At it's hard for me to really judge those guys from like the Russell era because the 60s, I don't know if I really respect the 60s as much as many other people. Uh, I think the 70s, 80s, and 90s to me is like the, really the bread and butter of when you judge like greatness. Um, I think that's like mid 70s to, to late 90s or mid 90s. That stretch right there, that's the stretch of the bread and butter golden of NBA star talent competitive basketball and greatness combination. This era doesn't have no back to the basket guys. Uh, no real true. I mean, yeah, the Revy, like the nineties and eighties had a mixture of all these kind of guys. And even like people say, Oh, today the base could uh, run and they can jump and they can uh, shoot threes and run. 
They had guys that can run up and down the court at seven footers. Did you see David Robinson play? David Robinson had handles. David Robinson was a seven footer, twin towers with Tim Duncan, had skill set, run up and down the court, was quick, and can play. I mean, he was no slouch. Hakeem Olajuwon had skills, had handles, had post moves. I mean, these guys had over, these centers were a lot more uh, skilled back in, in, in the 80s, 90s. Even some of the 90s guys, I mean, these forwards and centers were skilled, right? They had skills. The only difference between the guys, the bigs today, as far as like skill set wise, that today's bigs can shoot more threes because they're shooting more threes, right? They're shooting more threes. And that's what they're based off of, like shooting the three-point shot. But, like, Nikola Jokic, MVP, right? Okay? I'm not taking nothing away from Joker. Joker's got skills. But his skill set is geared, like, Joker is, a, is the prime proof that the guys in the 90s and 80s would destroy these guys today. Joker's skill set is geared more for a retro decade of basketball, right? He's not the fastest guy. He's not the quickest. He's not the highest jumper. He plays basketball. He has a high basketball IQ. He can pass. And he still is able to dominate the game, despite not having none of that. And he's also taking advantage of a very weak era of centers, which allows him to be great, right? Because he's not being really challenged, right? Who's who? What other great centers are in the league? Uh, Embiid can't even play seventy games. Uh, all the centers and a lot of those guys love to be on a three-point line. They're not really challenged. He's not being challenged defensively at all in the paint. He doesn't have to really do anything. And with the switching and stuff like that, if a center wants to shoot threes, you, you let him. Okay, you want to shoot threes? Go out there. You're not going to hit every three. And most team offenses don't gear around bigs center shooting threes. So the chances of them really sitting out behind the arc all game is slim to none. So defensively the game is very easy for joker and i'm not taking anything away from joker but if joker played in the 90s and 80s he'd probably be like where would joker be at if you put him in the 90s and 80s against uh ewan alonzo morning akeem robinson i mean joker's not even top five he's not he would be very good He'd be right on that level with like Rick Smith and and uh you know he's he would not be up there with the elite centers of that era. But in today's NBA, he's the best player in the league. So that should really tell you. And like I said, I'm not taking nothing away from Joker. Joker is a stud. He is legit. But let's just be honest. If Joker's in the 80s and 90s, he'd be a very good center. Maybe have a couple all-star appearances, but he wouldn't be considered a, a, a 
a top he wouldn't be top five, top ten in the league at any point in that in those eras. But he's an MVP two time. Come on. Let's just be let's be honest. And um so that's where that's what it, that's where we're at on this. That's where we're at on this. So Curry's not top ten. Now I don't we're gonna wrap this episode up because it's a little long. So uh, we'll probably I don't know what my top ten list will look like. I would have to really like think about it. But I know for a fact Bird is in my top ten. That's automatically guaranteed. Jordan obviously is in the top ten. But I can tell you for a fact, looking at Skip Bayless list, most of that list will not be in my top ten. Uh not at all. Kobe definitely not. Look. I got thoughts on Kobe, LeBron, and these type of guys. Shaq, even, I think Shaq, he got Shaq at number three. I think Shaq, to me, is a bit overrated. All time. Shaq is great, but the reason why, and I like to punish guys for not meeting expectations when it comes to all-time greatness. Like, Shaq probably should have dominated a lot longer than he did. He should have won more than he did. The fact that he didn't, to me, knocks him down in a peg or two when you talk about all-time greatness. So, Tim Duncan is an interesting one because Duncan was very consistent. He's been in a part of a winning situation for years. 50-plus uh, wins, playoffs every season. That Bills that had that holds something that holds weight that holds weight to me, and the fact that he was still able to play and win even after being out of his prime, right? Being being able to adjust and play longer and still win and be part of a winning situation, you know, he gets credit for that. But I don't know if I put him top ten because. Oh, I mean, I don't think I'll put him top five or top ten because of the fact is, I think the reason why Duncan would make the list is because when you compare him to other power forwards, he's much more accomplished, right? So like Carl Malone, obviously, and Charles Barkley and others, I think that uh, Duncan clears clears them, but does he clear them enough for top five? To get in the top five list. Is it really these lists are very hard? That's why everybody list is different. So uh, you know, it's a very hard list. It shouldn't if it's if you think these lists are easy to make, if you think there's a clear 10 greatest, then you're lazy. You're not really a true basketball person. Right? It's not a clear list. Everybody should have a different list. That's why it's fun. It's these lists should be fun. It shouldn't be Oh my God, you're stupid or you're dumb. You know? I don't like Skip Bayless's list, but it's a good list for a conversation. Like I said, a couple of those guys would be on there. Magic, obviously, is on that list. So uh, out of his 10, I would say Jordan, Magic, Bird, 
is solid in the 10. Like, those are the three I would guarantee keep. Duncan, possibly. I would probably keep on there. I'm not, I would take Kobe off. I don't like Kobe in, as my t in my 10. Oh, Kareem too. Yeah, Kareem stays. So, Jordan, Magic, Kareem, Duncan, Bird will stay. Uh, Wilt and Russell. I have Russell off. I would have Russell off the same reason why I would have Wilt off. I just don't really put a lot of respect in that era. Uh, you know? Because I feel like if I have to have Russell and Wilt on, then I probably need to put Oscar Robinson on there too. Right? Because Oscar, I think, you know, it's it's a tough list to make. It really is. It's not as easy. But these guys on TV today, they're trying to make the list to include today's guys. And they're not. They're not. They're not being honest. You know, they're being disingenuous when they. Oh, we got, we got to put Curry and, and LeBron and Kobe the next time, the next year. Remember last year, Giannis was was on a list. Remember, if you go back, you, when Giannis won the the championship and the MVP, they was ready to put him on there. So that's what I'm saying. Like you, you gotta. These TV people, you can't really take what they say for granted. Don't take everything they say seriously. It's uh, These lists are going to change. I guarantee you, if Giannis comes back and wins the NBA, if Durant comes back next year and wins the title with Brooklyn, he'll be he'll be moved on to the top 10. That's just how it goes. Like, So it is what it is. So you got to take it for what it is and not just go nuts and crazy over it. But uh, we're out of here. The episode's done. Uh, Twitter.com slash SportsSteadyPC. This is a long episode, I know. We covered the Curry all-time ranking. Talked about the finals. The Celtics collapsed. We'll probably break up this and probably post them in different parts. And for YouTube and Amazon Podcasts, Anchor, we'll have the full episode up within the next 24 hours. Also, uh, there was something else I had to say. Uh, I forgot. Uh, yeah, twitter.com slash sportsteadypc, sportsteady on Instagram, sportsteady on Twitter, and sportsteady on TikTok. I hate TikTok. But that's where we're at. Rumble Sports Study Podcast as well. I'm going to try to up, upload episodes on Rumble more. We have some issues with Rumble. I don't know. They're not really favorable to newer uh, sports pages. You got to really, you know, we might have to just upload it separately. Because I think what ha what's happening is if you upload it through YouTube, Rumble's not really kind of respecting it. Even though they allow you to upload through YouTube to Rumble. But I don't think they really respect it, like the algorithms. I don't think they want to, think they kind of change it up. So we might have to do a separate upload or, or we'll break it down into pieces, whatever it is. If you got any questions, concerns, or comments directly, you can reach the Sports Steady podcast through sportsteady at protonmail.com. Or you can send a DM at sportsteadypc on Twitter and someone will get back to you. You want to be a guest on the podcast, or if you would like to bring me on to one of your sports podcasts, you can send an email to sportsteady at protonmail.com and 
someone to get to me and I will be glad to join anybody's podcast on sports to talk. Not just basketball. I know we've done a very heavy dose of NBA basketball. Uh, I can talk some baseball sometimes, a little bit of a lot of NFL, uh, a little bit of hockey. I mean, I can't pronounce none of the guys names, but you know, I can sit there and talk a little bit. Uh, baseball, obviously I love baseball. We're, we're going to get into that more as the summer progresses and, and any other, anything else that's going on, whether it be golf or I'm trying to look for golf uh, guests and other sports. If you, if you have any specialty in any other sport, I would love to have you on the podcast. I'm begging you. Like I am pleading for guests sports steady at protonmail.com any guests any sport any sport i'm telling you i don't care what it is we can talk about it all right just hit me up hit us up and we will talk and chat all right folks peace out have a good weekend and all the fathers out there happy father's day and that's right, only the fathers know not that happy Father's Day to mom crap. No, that's BS. I don't do that. Fathers are fathers. Mothers, you have your own day. Kick rocks. And that's that. And it sucks that this Father's Day, you know, no, I don't even want to talk about this because I don't want to get, you know, banned. So I have an opinion on that. I'll talk about that. on. The, I have another podcast that I will promote at some point where I do talk about like social stuff and, and all the other garbage that I hate today, but I won't do it on this. I promise that I would not talk about that stuff here. So I'll keep it only sports and that's what I'll do. But anyway, I'm out of here. Have a good weekend. Peace.